a long time ago on a podcast far, far away. Star Wars with Aaron and Polly, Episode 6, Far, Far Away. Grand Admiral Thrawn, long believed lost, re-emerges, poised to strike at the heart of an unwitting New Republic. But amidst the looming peril of Thrawn and his dark allies, a beacon of light shines in the encroaching darkness. Ezra Bridger, the Jedi once lost, is now found. guys i uh picked up the new john scalzi book this week Ooh, i have uh, picked it up and finished it this week because that was really short yeah it's a short book i'm not finished with it yet but uh i i started it yesterday and i gotta tell you you know listening to i'm I'm doing the audiobook listening to uh the story on how villains make their money through subscription fees uh, puts me in mind of, uh, you know, organizations like Apple and uh, Netflix, et cetera, you know, and their insurance companies. Yeah. Right, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Only yeah. fans. Yeah. We, we already knew we already knew that Apple <laughs> was uh, super villains. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but well, star, the the Scalzi book Starter Villain is uh, is is really very entertaining uh, about a a, a a a gentleman who's you know kind of on his last dime uh, who inherits his uncle's villainous company his company built for villainy it's a it's a very interesting book I well I love the cover the cover yeah. gets me just right there I want to pick uh-huh. it up and check it out yeah. uh, cats I just had to google major. who John Scalzi was just really wow. yeah wow love John Scalzi Old Man's War is fantastic we have some books we need to assign to you Paul That's yes right. Wayne has to watch the movies Paul needs to read some books how many pictures are in that book there's one of the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. are, are there word balloons in that book uh-huh. Uh-huh. no yeah, I, I, I will tell you I have made it a point to read more novels I, I don't know if I've talked about it on this podcast but I made it a point to read more novels this year actually I, Aaron and I talked about it when we talked about Heat 2 which I think was part of our Star Trek podcast too was yeah. Um, yeah. So I've, I've been reading a lot of books this year, mostly do, mostly uh, biographies for some odd reason, just because mm-hmm. I think I appreciate the matter of factness in which they're written. There's no flowery language. It's just like, here's the shit that happened to me. Um, well, uh, what's it. been your favorite book that you read this year, Paul? Uh, I mean, Heat 2, without, without a doubt. <laughs> Heat 2. Uh, okay. Heat 2 is really good. Yeah, it, it was it was damn good. Yeah, yeah I really enjoyed it. 
So the people who are here who know who John Scalzi is, uh, Aaron and Wayne, uh, you know, I've only read Old Man's War. I haven't read Red Shirts. I haven't read any of the other novels he's written. What would do you recommend all of them? Do you just are there any I should stay away from? I did not care for Red Shirts. Yeah. Um, But I I I like his more serious stuff. Uh, and why uh, serious in air quotes, uh, but uh, old man's wars is that series is by far my favorite thing that he's done. Yeah. But so I, yeah, I, I, I really enjoy, I'm really enjoying, uh, uh starter, starter villain. villain. Yeah. yeah. I'm the opposite in that I gravitate towards his more comedic things. Uh, I had him actually sign the, my physical copy of, uh, Kaiju preservation society. I like Kaiju Pre- preservation society. It's a good book. And uh, there's one, I cannot remember the name of it, but it has like... Uh, Agent to the Stars. Uh, that one's really good, too. There was one with Sheep in, it, in its name, though, that was mm. also really good. I tend to like all of his comedic, and I enjoy Old Man's War, but I just gravitate towards the comedic side. And this one is, is really short, but it definitely falls on the comedic side. Yes, it okay. does. But d- not nearly as ridiculous as Red Shirts, I thought. So okay. that, that's what, I, what I'm enjoying about this one. Yeah, so and that and, uh, seems to be a really strong commentary on uh, the econ- economics of, of, of yeah. the current moment. And the well, cover is very relevant, Andrew. Uh, the uh-huh. cats, cats are an important part of the book. Yeah, so I'm, I'm here and I should probably – next two I should read is uh, Kaiju and start a villain from him then. Yeah, uh, Kaiju Pres- Preservation Society is a really good read. Well, I'm a softie for Kaiju, so yeah, uh, that, that kind of wins me over right there. Yep. All right, well, good, good. I'm glad that some of us are reading. Uh, uh, actually, all of us are reading now that Paul's yeah, reading biographies. I, yeah, well, you know, I, I've, I think um, I'm, I'm currently rereading the uh, Skullduggery Pleasant uh, series of novels. It's just like a fun – like adventure mm-hmm. series. Um, in fact, it's written by uh, Derek Landy who writes for Marvel comics now. So I'm, I'm enjoying that bit, but um, yeah, the last book I read was actually podcast of Jason, which was the boys uh, by Ron Howard and Clinton Howard. Um, oh, that's a good book. It was a good book. actually I, I, really good. It doesn't talk anything about solo. It doesn't even, it basically gets to the start of Ron Howard's movie career. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's really good. Yeah. Well, what I liked about it is, you know, because it's it's, uh, you know, told by both Clint and Ron, mm-hmm. you really get a sense of their relationship uh, in, in the book. And that that's what I, I think I enjoyed the most is how much these two brothers enjoy each other. You know? Yeah, I agree. I, I, that was a really, really well, well, well written book. And uh, I liked he, hearing all the old Hollywood stuff from both both of their perspectives, because, you know, Ron Howard had a ha, has a very different career than Clint. And it was just nice. a little, just a little bit. Well, and it fueled my desire to go rewatch night shift. Um, because you know, uh, things that Henry Winkler said about Ron Howard, uh, you know, in the book, I was just like, you know, I, I, I want to go see that. I want to see that movie again. And of course it doesn't stream anywhere. So I bought the Blu-ray and we watched it several weeks ago. That movie holds up. Um, I don't think anybody'd make it today about, you know, uh, <laughs> about uh, uh, employing sex workers in the city morgue, but uh, I, I, the, the movie's hilarious. Well, it, so, Paul, what, if what, you are in the uh, if you're in the city morgue, for biog- would I do that? Yeah, no. But Paul, if you're in the mood for biographies, grab all about Mel, my remarkable life in show business. It is the Mel Brooks biography. Yeah, that sounds. It up my is alley too. so good, well, and written by the- him. 
I'm not familiar with Clint Howard. What what career did he have? Uh, Clint oh. Howard is a he's a character actor. He's been in a oh. ton of stuff. So I'd um, recognize him. Um, you'd recognize him from um, It's Inconceivable from Princess Bride. That's Clint. Oh, Howard. oh, it is? That, is. that is not Clint Howard. Oh, isn't that Clint Howard? No, that's. Um, Oh gosh, I, I, he 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 played uh, the Ferengi Nagus in Deep Space Nine. Oh, you're right. That wasn't Clint yeah. Howard. No, Clint <laughs> Howard is the guy who was in uh, the original series Star Trek episode. Tronya, I hope you you relish it as much as I. You know, little kid. <laughs> okay. Does you would work? know him if you saw he him. He was in, in Apollo in so 13. Much. Was one of the NASA uh, engineers. Apparently um, he was an episode of Strange New Worlds as Commander Buck Martinez. Yes, he was. Yeah, he was the one. Yeah. Did, have you been watching Strange New Worlds? Oh yes. He is um, in the flashback with uh, Mabenga and yeah. Nurse Chapel. Okay. You know, okay. Where in the war, he's, he's the, the guy doctor who... <laughs> who's like in a scene. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Okay. But yeah, he he's been in. I mean, he's he's been, I think, in almost every iteration of Star Trek. He had, yeah, you know, just as a guest actor. But yeah, right. I mean, he's a character actor, and he just shows up for stuff. And uh, you can always expect to see him in a Ron Howard film. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, kind of like seeing uh, was it Sean Gunn show up yeah, in a James exactly. Gunn movie? Yeah, exactly. Oh exactly. uh, well, and then you know, uh, Paul, if you're looking for for book recommendations, I'll give you one. Uh, it's called The Three Body Problem. Uh, it's by a Chinese author whose name I am sure I'm going to pronounce incorrectly, but it's Lu yeah. Shinzen, I think. But okay. uh, if you just put in three body problems, a trilogy, it'll pop right up. Interesting. Yeah, I actually never finished the trilogy. I read, did the first two books and I haven't done the third yet. It's, uh, you know, it really kind of, of shifts, but I find it fascinating. As the, as the series goes on, I find each book kind of yeah, more. Book one and two are drastically different from each other. And book three is different. It's probably maybe a little closer to two than than two is to one, but it's still quite a bit different in three. And uh, it's just it's. I, it was not where I was expecting that book to go. Well, and well, after it, I'm done with uh, with Skullduggery, my next book on the the read pile is Cinema Speculation by Quentin Tarantino. Oh, I've got that. I haven't read it yet, but I've got it. Ooh, I recommend Spoon uh, <laughs> Vendors by friend of the friend of the podcast Daryl Gregory. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a fantastic book, and everyone I I know who's read it has loved it. Yeah. Um, and if Welcome you're looking, to book club with Aaron and Polly. That's right. That's right. right. And if you're looking for nonfiction, uh, it's a it's an older book, but it it really holds up, and there've been updates to it. And that's Hot Zone by Richard Preston. Oh yeah, it's a Hot great book. Good. Yeah, <laughs> it's about the Ebola outbreak in Reston, Virginia. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I am familiar with that one. They it's made a, a no, they didn't make a movie. Well, they, they they made a different outbreak yes. movie. Yeah, <laughs> similar similar plot where you have to use bombs to fight the virus. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing survives fire, Aaron. (laughs) Kill it with fire. Well, well, guys, I have a question while we're on the line. Okay, sir. You know, I know we're talking about books, which I guess, (laughs) you know. (laughs) If you haven't glazed over in this podcast, I listen to this (laughs) podcast. Um, so I was watching Ahsoka earlier this week, and, you know, I, I tend to watch Ahsoka, like, on my lunch break 
from work. Uh, you know, I work from home most days. Um, and so I was watching it and, you know, I, I found that I was watching it with, with subtitles and, you know, I, that's a habit I've recently gotten <laughs> is, is watching things with subtitles. Part of it is that most televisions nowadays have shitty sound unless you buy a sound bar. Correct. Um, you know, but, but I find that I, I'm watching more and more things. Well, I, I think with subtitles, I think part of that is right. I think part of that is <clears throat> so many TVs have have lousy sound. But also, I think that uh, directors and sound engineers are not nearly as focused on making sure people can understand what the hell the actors are saying. Yeah. I think there's also part of that, too, because uh, Suzanne and I were watching a show earlier this week and we rewatched the scene five times and could <laughs> not figure out what the hell the actor was saying and finally had to put the closed captions on. Yeah, yeah that's the was... only time I do it. Like, I don't normally watch things with captions down there. But if it's one of two situations, one, I just can't understand what they're saying or those shows where they don't normalize the sound. Yeah. So when people are talking, it's super quiet. And then when there's action, it's super loud. Correct. I like I turn it on then, too, so I don't have to keep adjusting the sound volume. I'd like to point out Levelator is freeware. Just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Paul, it might make you feel better to know that you are are not by any means alone. Netflix uh, a while ago had revealed or reported that 40 percent of its global users worldwide have subtitle subtitles on all the time. While 80 percent switch them on at least once a month. I have to tell you, you know, it's a game changer. (laughs) I recommend it. (laughs) I was like, whoa, this is this is so much better. Well, and on on top of that, I will say sometimes it reveals things that like you didn't hear. (laughs) Um, Like, wait, I didn't hear that bit at all. But it's someone in the distance saying something or in this week's episode of Ahsoka. It revealed to me, and we're going to talk about Ahsoka here in a bit, that the stormtroopers that uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn has surrounding him are the night troopers. It's not like he ever calls them the night yeah. troopers, but it says that in the subtitles. And I'm like, ooh, that's that, kind of that, cool. So that kind of that must tie in. They're like probably is that knight with a K or an N. In N, like the Night Sisters, they're the most sure. night troopers. I'll say those guys have seen some shit. Yeah, I was like, this uh, is kind of cool, actually. Well, yeah, I, I think. Do we want to get that get that far ahead in in, in no, the, no no I you know, no. preface to you know to to, to later conversation uh-huh. I'd say uh-huh. I'd say there's about three re- three main reasons why people it, why it seems so hard to hear people and and you guys have mentioned two of them one is that sound engineers are building things for people with sound bars or surround sound systems they're not building their their audio for people who are using the built-in flat TV crap speaker uh, getting a sound bar helps immensely. Uh, the second thing is, or I guess those first two things. Third thing is that uh, accents are hard. It seems like as more television comes out with international actors, sometimes I'm not bad at understanding accents, but sometimes I just cannot penetrate through their their jargon yeah. and accent to understand what they're saying. I just figured it's because I'm old. I mean, frankly, well, I'm just old, and I'm that's like, the okay, next thing. that's probably it. And we, <laughs> because, and we have previously uh, established that you're not aging well, Paul. No, so. I am aging very poorly. Because <laughs> the other thing, of course, is, uh, oh, what was it, 1980s? Uh, we were all alive in the 80s, uh, which was also the year a certain accessory came out called the Walkman. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And a lot of us started listening to very loud music directly into our eardrums and have done so for decades now, you know, going from, you know, those crazy foam 
headphones, now to earbuds and everything in between. Uh, and honestly, it adds up. It does damage to your ears over the decades, if, especially if you listen to it loud for prolonged periods of time. And that type of damage reduces your ability to discern individual voices from the general amount of noise coming at you. And this is where Andrew announces his class action lawsuit against Sony. <laughs> uh, no, no, I don't. I don't need to get sued. Uh, and then uh, our countersued. Uh, so yeah, I think that's part of it, too, is that that compared to prior decades, we have been most of us have been exposed to a lot more loud noise for much p- longer periods of time. Wow. Well, I, I feel your pain. Uh, Paul, I, 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 I largely feel like my issue is uh, that they just don't produce for clarity anymore. You know, that so, yeah. so so frequently no one's on set going, hey, what the hell did you just say? Could you say that again <laughs> and this time enunciate? <laughs> yeah. uh, one thing that does help because the problem is I don't use subtitles because I can't read them. My, my ears are better than my eyes because uh-huh. I cannot make out subtitles. I'd have to stand <laughs> about a foot away from the screen well, to be able to read them. <laughs> And, you know, the the closed caption is at a nice size. But when they do subtitles within the film itself, like oh, yeah, speaking like another me. language, like I'm watching Invasion right now on Apple Plus, And there are characters based in Japan and they're all Japanese. And as you would as you would expect, they're speaking Japanese. And so there are these little English translations and the subtitles. And I mean, they are like microtype. And I'm like, I, so I'm just not going to be able to read any of this. <laughs> just super frustrating. So Imagine Aaron, if you were watching Shin Godzilla, Aaron. Oh. Well, I, I, I find that super frustrating. Like, you know, when you go see a subtitled movie in the theaters, it's nice and big. You can read it. But boy, I, I it seems like they're just getting smaller and smaller on the uh on on the print and i know it's because you know i've got old man eyes i mean that is a, that is a fact <laughs> maybe that's it Aaron. but here's my time for an ultimate conspiracy theory that i don't even believe <laughs> uh-oh you know they track the viewing on uh, streaming services by minutes watched uh-huh maybe these shows know that and they're making it hard to understand so you'll rewind and rewatch the same minutes over and over again adding to their minute count this is uh-huh. nefarious Nefarious. Welcome to aging. Diabolical. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost like they're starter villains and they have a subscription-based service they want us to keep paying. Bastards. Bastards. Uh, But no, my my, my main TV does have an audio equalizer and there's a clear voice setting on it, which Mm. uh, helped immensely when I activated it. Mm. Good to know. Good to know. This, This conversation is funny to me. Anyway, you know, let's look. What Star Wars movies have we watched on closed captioning? Now, um, (laughs) you know, every week lately we've been talking about, um, you know, one, you know, our favorite Star Wars comic book, our favorite Star Wars video game. You know, this week we decided to to chat about what our favorite Star Wars movie is, and I tried to overcomplicate it. Because you did. didn't you? Did yeah. You? Well, I, I mean, was like, you know, let's pick by trilogy. Let's do our favorite Star Wars prequel, our favorite Star Wars original, or our favorite Star Wars sequel. But I was overruled. Yes, you were. Roundly so. <laughs> and berated. Because yeah. everyone's like, oh, I can't pick a favorite yeah. prequel Publicly movie. Publicly shamed. Like, what is the least worst prequel movie is basically the question. <laughs> <laughs> 
But we'll, we'll revisit that conversation when we actually have our Star Wars movies rewatch because I'm very, very excited to talk about the prequel trilogy. When you the are. Time. I am. I am. I have. I have so many thoughts um, about the prequel trilogy, and I'm looking forward to t- chatting about them with other people who will disagree with me. Okay, um, done. <laughs> but uh, you know, favorite Star Wars movie, right? They, it, you know, w- I'm assuming we are referring to the 11 theatrically released. Well, 11. Oh, live action theatrically released movies. We probably aren't including the star Wars clone wars original movie, despite being released theatrically, it probably wouldn't make the list anyway. Um, We're not not including the Christmas special. (laughs) We're not including TV movies with the Ewoks. Um, That was a good movie though, but go on. (laughs) They were both good movies. Um, But yeah, no, I think we're talking about star Wars episodes one through nine, as well as uh, Rogue One and Solo, Correct. even though I'm pretty sure that last one won't make anybody's list, um, <laughs> despite being pretty good. Uh, has lots of presumptions. I love it. <laughs> yeah, like, if it made my list, it would be my list of the worst. <laughs> pretty good, my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. But, 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 Wayne, why don't you start us off, since you're unmuted? this is how i operate at work hey since you're unmuted why don't you go first (laughs) so i'm really curious if i rewatched it if i would feel the same but for me when i watched rogue one in theaters i left thinking that was the greatest piece of star wars media i've ever seen and i don't know if i would still feel that way if i rewatched it but I really loved Rogue One, at least in theaters. So and, wait, I have a question about Rogue One. How many times have you seen it? I've only seen it once. Okay. That's why I don't know if it holds up to that memory or not. I've had the opposite well, reaction to Rogue One, I will say. Ooh, disagreement. I, I did, Go on, Paul. I did not like Rogue One the first time I saw it. It did not feel like Star Wars to me. Upon rewatching it, you know, because I think it's on Disney Plus and I've, you know, I've seen it a few times since. I find that I appreciate it more now especially in the context of the Andor TV series than I did upon initial watching. Yeah, I have enjoyed it every time I've watched it. I've watched it about probably five, six times. Uh, and I, it, it, it is my favorite, much like Wayne, it is my favorite Star Wars movie. Because to me, watching it the first time and subsequently, it has the feel of the original trilogy. And as far as the costuming, the technology, uh, it very much feels like the original uh, movies, which I love compared to the the sequels and the prequels. Uh, and I love the, the drama, the interpersonal drama. I like kind of the black ops uh, side of the war. I like seeing the backstory on how the, uh, um, you know, plans reached its way to the uh, a rebel alliance for new hope. Um, so no, I, I, and of course seeing Darth Vader at the very end. Amazing. Yeah. And my favorite droid out of the series. Uh, definitely the really my my only problem with rogue one the only negative thing uh maybe two negative things i would say about it is first is that they kind of fall into the modern trope of interstellar uh travel being instantaneous when they you know dispatch that squadron of x-wings to bomb the base you're like they shouldn't be able to get there in two and a half minutes that's unless they are like loitering right outside like just flying into the atmosphere should take longer than that uh so that was really probably my only complaint about it otherwise huge fan of rogue one it's it's my favorite of the uh uh original movies of of the star wars movies sorry the 11 star wars movies aaron how about yourself you know recency plays a factor here i think um and familiarity i 
if you had asked me several years back what my favorite Star Wars movie was, I would have just without hesitation said Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Um, I do deeply love that movie uh, for so many reasons. It, you know, it really notched up the storytelling in Star Wars. It was not it was not at all what you expected you know, after you you see New Hope, you live with New Hope for a couple of years, and then the new Star Wars movie comes out, and it is wildly different uh, in so many ways in in the way the the story is told, how the characters have changed, and everything. And I just think it's a it's a really a terrific film, and uh, Lawrence Kasdan just did a remarkable job working uh, on uh, Empire. But I, like yourselves. I deeply love Rogue One, um, and I think it absolutely holds up. I've probably watched it ten times since uh, you know getting it on uh, Blu-ray and digital. Um, I it, it's a go-to movie for me. I I get things out of it as I rewatch. You know, now I've probably watched Empire at least a hundred times. I mean, I, I saw it. You know. Uh, eight or 10 times in the theater when it was first released. And I've seen it many times since then. Uh, But I got to tell you, I think rogue one is just some really daring, innovative storytelling in the space. Uh, I, I, I dig it a whole lot. And it's one of the reasons I enjoy Andor so much because it also is innovative in the way it tells stories. Um, You know, it's not, it's not limited. And, uh, uh, you know, by the Star Wars framework, it r- is really exploring within that box. And uh, so I, I, Rogue One is uh, my uh, my favorite of the Star Wars films at this time. Ask me again in another five years. Yeah. This conversation I, I, let me went t- a very let me different come, way than I expected it to. Let me come back and say one thing, though. I did not like Solo when I saw it in the theater. It has aged really well. Um, I like almost everything about that movie. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have watched it several times this year, uh, because I keep going back. Like, why didn't I like this when I saw it? Um, I will I really would, give it another shot just I because, think you should. because because you didn't like it in theaters either. Cause for me, it's the worst of the star Wars. I'll I watch the prequels or sequels before I watch that. I really very much enjoy it now. And I, I, it's one of those things like, you know, somebody said it was bad and for some reason it stuck. Yeah, and, and I, I feel like I, that was part of it. Like when it first came out, there was so much anti-hype around right. it. I think it yeah. kind of peppered the viewing, but it's actually a pretty solid film. I mean, Ron Howard yeah. rarely does crap. I don't want to say never does crap, but yeah. rarely does crap. And I understand he, you know, he wasn't the original director, but he right. basically redid that entire movie. And there's yeah. a lot to like about it. There um, really so is. I recommend I mean, giving it another shot, Wayne. The, yeah, the I mean, train heist is a blast. Yes. And, you know, the Han Solo's origins at the beginning of the film are really interesting. The way it gets turned on its head at the end, also super interesting. And it's one of those things like, I can't believe we're never going to get a follow up to this. And I think that's what hurts. Part of it is that, yeah. um, you know, you watch it and it's like, well, this ended up going nowhere. Right. <laughs> um, right. Now, that being said, there's still talk that, in fact, it was. There was just recent talk that the um, Donald Glover Lando TV series has been um, reworked to be a a movie. Yeah. Uh, maybe a Disney Plus movie. But so I mean, apparently it's still in the hopper. So we may still see some follow up to that to that movie. Well, and one of the great things about that movie is not 
just that you get, you know, Han Solo's origin story, but you get a surprise secret origin of why the Millennium Falcon is so fast, Mm -hmm. right? Why it outraces just about any other ship. Um, And I, you know, I, I, I was not expecting anything like that in that film. And I think that story is really interesting. And, and again, it, it's some innovative storytelling in this space. Um, I, I feel like Han so the solo uh, film is wildly underrated. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a solid film. It's somewhere in yeah. the middle of those eleven movies for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's not not my top three, but it's not my bottom three. It's it's a yeah. solid movie. I, I watched. I've seen it maybe two three times. It, yeah. It's it's enjoyable. Yeah, uh, I I need to give it another chance then because for me, it is solidly in the bottom. I yeah. hated it. I left the theaters thinking, "What is this garbage I just watched?" Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give it another what? shot. Yeah. I, I was I recall having very middling feelings about it when I left the theater, like just w- w- didn't enjoy myself, felt like maybe I wasted an afternoon. And uh, I, I enjoy it a great deal now. So. Yeah. So, Paul, what was yeah. your favorite? You know, it's funny. It's not Rogue One. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Uh, Give a little I, I variety say, here. You know, I mean, my favorite Star Wars movie, hands down, no doubt, is A New Hope, the original movie. Mm. Yeah. That's um, in my top you know, three. Even even. You know, not just nostalgia, but also, you know, even today, I find that movie infinitely rewatchable. Um, I find that the stories that it sets up, even unintentionally, that have informed everything that came after, um, just just great. I, I appreciate almost in the same way I appreciate um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, the cliffhanger nature of, of the movie in that it's almost like a series of, sh- of short episodes. Cause there's really like four or five different episodes combined to make one movie in the original star Wars, right? You've got your Tatooine episode, you've got your, you know, your death star saving princess Leia episode. And then you've got, you know, your, your final episode where they destroy the death star, go back to it. It's almost like, and those are just the three that I could think of off the top of my head, almost, but there's almost like distinct stories that combine to make a movie. And that's how I feel much about Raiders of the Lost Ark too, in that they, you know, each one kind of ends with a cliffhanger. There's like a, a natural conclusion to each individual story that I appreciate about it. And, and they're inspired by the classic cliffhanger, you know, episodes of, of Flash Gordon and things like that. So I, I, I love the original star Wars and I find that when I'm, when I am in the mood to watch something star Wars, in nature that I can, you know, I've got a free afternoon. Like right now we've got a tropical storm blowing through. And if I was in the mood to watch some star Wars, I'm going to pick one of two movies. It's either going to be the original star Wars or controversial. It's going to be the force awakens. Um, because I find them very similar in feel. Um, well, force I wonder awakens, why a little bit more, <laughs> right? Cause they're the same movie. Um, but you know, force <laughs> awakens may be a little bit more fast paced, but you know, I, I appreciate both for, you know, just the adventure of them um, without being too, you know, they, they're not too wrapped up in, in, in other stories or in continuing an arc or anything like that. And so I, I find both of them pretty much infinitely rewatchable, but yeah, the original star Wars is my favorite. Nice. That's a good choice. That's, that's definitely in my top three new hope. Uh, it's probably, mm, I don't know. I have to think about it. I've never actually gone through and ranked all 11. Right. We'll have to do that in a future conversation. But yeah, I, uh, you know, when I'm when I want to watch Star Wars, I almost I never I have to be in the mood to watch Rogue One to watch Rogue One. When I'm in the mood to watch Star Wars, it's it's the original or Force Awakens. 
Well, and I just come to and one and one more thing about Rogue One. I just come to care so much about all those different characters. Oh, yeah. Uh like yeah. even the you know even the wandering mystics who you don't see oh, a God, ton of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I just get so attached to them, and then watching how they their journey through the movie is just. I am with uh, the force, and the force is with me. Oh my God! Um, <laughs> I start tearing up. But but you know watching Star Wars this week and you know, watching the the most recent episode of Ahsoka, I, I got to say every episode of Ahsoka I watch I get a little more depressed that Ray Ray Stevens' son has died. Yeah, <laughs> Stevens' son. Yeah, I want to make sure I I'm pretty sure I'm one of those guys who got that just said Stevens brief <laughs> prior, so I'm make sure I hit that right. Um, but his Balin is so it, it's just amazing. Well, and he, he's not I, I, we said this last time, you know, he's not a mustache twirling villain. You know, no. he's got real depth. He's got goals. You know, he's, there's he's, something he's he's seeking. You know, he has this presence. He's dignified. He's yeah. not. Uh, yeah. He's not looking to burn the whole world down. Yeah. He thinks that what he's doing is right. Yeah. Uh, and he well, has and, a, a divine belief in it. And if you have, you know, experienced all 11 Star Wars films. You there is an argument to be made that neither the Empire nor the Republic slash Jedi were right. Correct. I mean, there is there is an, a strong, compelling argument that neither one of them have had the answer. Maybe we do need a third thing. Maybe you need a balance between those two things, right? I, extremes are bad no matter yeah. what direction you take them. We talk about that a lot uh, in my life, but – extremes whether they're they're going using you know the good thing or the bad thing going too far in either direction is usually going to end up with problems yeah but yeah so the threads of destiny is this Mm. week's ahsoka episode amazing my amazing episode yeah you know and and we finally you know we we have two episodes left but we got both thrawn and ezra bridger in this episode and the night mothers and the yeah. night, yeah, the, and the night mothers and the night troopers, as I mentioned earlier. Mm. Well, and unlike our predictions, we got both of them without it being a last minute teaser right. where they get no lines. They right. both spoke. Yeah, I, I I have to say when uh, we get Grand Admiral Thrawn in this episode, I adored his very unique theme music. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean it mm. was it was I mean it was so just balls to the wall metal (laughs) like like wow they really went a different way with this i mean i felt like that was such a huge statement and when that just beat to hell imperial battle cruiser uh comes rolling (laughs) up and then just kind of parks over the tower you know i'm just like god this is badass it is the only so there's well, two things I want to say about what you just said, Aaron. One, um, for for those who are interested in such things, the uh, Kevin Kleiner, I think. Um, it's either Kevin Kilner or Kevin Kleiner. Kevin Kiner, there's no L. Um, Ahsoka, Volume 1, Episodes 1 through 4 soundtrack is available for streaming now on your uh, your, your favorite music streaming service. Um, so you know, some, some definitely unique things in there. And two, I loved the Thrawn introduction. The only yeah. negative thing that I would have to say about it is the green screen or the volume mm-hmm. um, was super obvious. I yeah. felt in, in that scene more so than in, in most other scenes, that one felt um, 
a, a bit too artificial, but it was it was badass. See, my only complaint about him is I don't feel like they did the eyes well because he has red eyes that are supposed to be really creepy. And it didn't they didn't stand out enough to me. They were more subtle than than you might expect them. to. Be. Yes, that's yeah. the only like that's the only visual complaint I have about him is I wanted the eyes to be to stand out far more, not yeah. be subtle. My only complaint was the physics of holding a Star Destroyer stationary <laughs> over a very phallic scene of uh-huh. that of the, it, the monolith, it, I guess is the right word. There was a certain subliminal sexual <laughs> note to that. And I was like, wow, that is just kind of right there. <laughs> Well, the physics, you know, I don't think that Star Destroyer has has engines on the bottom to hold it in place hovering. I'm pretty sure those engines are on the back, which would be pushing it forward in an atmosphere with gravity. But anyway, beyond that kind of nerd issue. Just uh, think of it as a great big land speeder. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, we have seen Star Destroyers lift up vertically. They have some sort of anti-grav engine that is that we don't see (laughs) cause and effect. I don't know, man. When we've seen them lift off in the past, they're they're in motion. They're not just hovering. But I I, I can see that you have you you bring up a valid point. But uh, I still still bugs me a little. It doesn't take away from the episode. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't obsessing about it. But I thought it was a super cool image. I uh, I, uh, I just I was like, wow, that is that is just so very cool. I loved the entrance, and I loved seeing because I was I was really curious. You know, were they able to repair the the battle cruiser because it had taken a beating you know, in the uh, last episode of Rebels. And I, I, I was curious to see what condition it was in. It was just nice to see it just beat to live in hell, you know, but still bringing that Imperial presence. That was and for those those Rebels watchers, is that the Chimera? Is that the name of the, the ship? I believe you're right, actually. Yes, that's what it, it was in the books. Well, the yeah, main it, ship it you rode around in. Yeah. It is the Chimera. Okay, cool. Very cool. Well, and again, you know, to, to our, you know, in, not only did we get it Thrawn, we'll come back to the, the Night Mothers or the Night Sisters. Night Mothers, I think you're right. Um, yeah. the, the, the three main ones are the yeah, Night the, Mothers. Yeah, the, the, the Night Mothers. But specifically about the Chimera and Thrawn, you also had the introduction of the Night Troopers, like you said, the Beat to Hell Troopers. Yeah. Um, and Enoch or Enoch? Enoch. Enoch. I thought, I, 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 loved the design did you i really did (laughs) so i was like like, okay this is cool when you're seeing the pan of the night troopers as you know thrawn's walking his way through them there are so many i thought that's you know that's a cool look that's a cool look that's a cool look when we got to enoch with the kind of gladiator-esque bronze mask i was like "Mm, i really uh, liked it it wasn't my favorite what i liked about it one it just super different so many of the trooper armors looked like, you know, well, this is what we had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, this and is what I, we could make do with. Yeah. And I, and that's what I liked about it. You know, it, it was just, it, it leans into that thing about Star Wars that we all responded to back in the day is that this is a lived in universe. And so many of the things that are available to us are not brand new off the shelf. And it fits the story so well that they don't have the resources that they used to have. Uh, and so, you know, they, 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 they've got to work with what they brought with them. I love it. I, I also love really it. loved when they were approaching the planet and you went through the, the basically the elephant graveyard for the yes. star whales. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. 
So good. Yeah, that was cool. I, I, it was a visually a very well conceived episode. Yeah, so I thought you know the introduction because you had a lot of stuff introduced, right? You had mm-hmm. the night the 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 night mothers who were super creepy. Now, uh, when when they sent their little spheres out to Sabine to tie mm-hmm. her up, I had this just dread fear all of a sudden that those spheres were going to tighten and cut her in half. I thought uh, so. I, 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 I had that same fear. Me too. I was like, is this it for Sabine? Yeah. <laughs> well, and now for those who are attached to Rebels, uh, how did you feel like the meeting between Sabine and Ezra? Did you feel like the the emotional weight was appropriate or the reactions were right uh, Yeah, based on where they left it in the animated show? Oh, yeah, I did. I loved it. I the uh, the eventual hug, but that the two playfully joking with each other, it just it felt like the same characters. And it, it felt it like both felt of them muted, though. I mean, from an emotional standpoint, given, you know, given what Sabine has gone through to get to Ezra, to your point, it was probably right for the character. But I'm like. Yeah, this seems like, hey, man, how's it going? Haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> they are both characters that play off how important they are to each other. They are characters that, while they may be feeling incredible emotion, don't typically show that um, particular emotion. Yeah, no, I mean, you're, you're, you're probably right. I mean, you know, it's, um, I don't know, for some reason, like the, the introduction of Thrawn was like, yes. Right. And when Ezra came on screen, I'm like, hey, it's Ezra. A little more yeah. low. It was more low key. It was. It was a much I, more low key moment. He just kind of walked out and yeah. Really I thought it was. An, I thought it was an interesting choice that they resisted the urge to have Ezra being reintroduced with a lightsaber fighting the nomads alongside Sabine. Right. Yeah. Because I, I felt like that's uh, you know when uh, Thrawn Thrawn or no it was uh, it was Enoch who said you know by the way there are nomads you know they kill each other to survive so you know die well. Uh, when he dismisses Sabine and, you know, I was like, oh, okay. So that's how we're going to meet Ezra. And then we don't. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, and then they yeah. introduced Ezra towards the end of the show. And my, you're right. It was super low key. I'm not sure how I feel about the casting. I, uh, I, I, I don't get Ezra from this guy, whereas I do get Sabine, yeah. uh, from, from the actor playing her. So I just, I, I and maybe it's because I just haven't seen enough of this guy yet, but I just yeah, don't. We have, get he's that really same. just kind of you know we've had one conversation. Right. It, it, the casting was not as perfect as every other casting so far. Right. He has right. the vis- I mean, visually, he's fine. Obviously, he's older than the Ezra we're familiar with. Right. Um, and should be, but I think we you know I think the time will pan out. Um, because every other casting has been great. Yeah. Aaron, I had I'm, some of the same thoughts you did. Of I expected him to show up. And save her from the, uh, yeah, you know, out in the wastes. When I first saw him, I thought he didn't quite look like I would expect. But as they talked, I felt like his voice and the the lines were, it fit the character for me. Yeah. I'm wondering, does he still have his lightsaber? Yeah, I was looking for it as well. And I was like, come on, where, where's your lightsaber? I'm sure it'll come out. Fans, it, that, yeah. that, that's too much of, of a cool thing to not have show up. Yeah. Well, I was I, I I also consider that perhaps Ezra would show up to save the day, but I'm very happy they did not. I'm, I'm glad they gave. Yeah, no, Sabine I thought it was a, I thought it was a, a chance good choice. to stand on two feet because let's let's look at Sabine so far. Uh, she got jumped by droids. She got stabbed in a duel uh, and she <laughs> surrendered to the bad guys and gave them what they wanted. So it, it's good to see Sabine chalk up a W. Yeah. Well, uh, and I think this show was called Ahsoka to, to bring in those folks who, 
you know, to, to, bring the, 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 yeah. Yeah, to, to, to really bring in the Ahsoka lovers. But this is absolutely not just Ahsoka show. In fact, Ahsoka only yeah. really shows up in the the the, the first bit of this episode which, it should be called star wars with ahsoka and sabine there right. you go right. well, and how about that beginning <laughs> sequence with uh hu yang saying a long time ago oh Galaxy, god yeah, that away. was so was, mm-hmm. freaking cool i was, was like amazing that is, i don't know which one of the writers in the room thought that up but that was brilliant yeah to make that part of the story, not just how the story is told. I just I thought that was brilliant. Uh, again, so there is a terrific conversation in this episode between uh, Shin Hadi and Hadi. Yeah, Hadi. Shin Hadi. She's Shin Hadi. Um, and uh, and Balin. And, you know, she's asking him, you know, do you miss the Jedi Order? Do you miss, you know, the temple life? And and, you know, he talks about, you know, his feelings about that and whatnot. And and, you know, she is feeling him out about his experience being a Jedi and that, you know, it really underlines how much I like Balin, Mm -hmm. you know, because he mourns the people who died in the temple. He doesn't agree with the Jedi order any longer, but he still values those people. And we had an indication of that earlier on in the series when he's like, you know, when he's talking about, you know, there are so few Jedi left, it would be a shame to have to kill Ahsoka. You know, Uh, I just, I'm really, you know, going back to our comments earlier in the, in the episode about how much we enjoy Ray Stevenson in this role. He is phenomenal on the screen bringing just an immense gravitas uh to this character yeah uh, and the character is one of honor you uh-huh. really feel his honor when he makes a promise he intends to keep yep. it yeah well and we got to see some lawful evil side of thrawn there with yeah. uh how he interprets like we're gonna keep our agreement that's what we do here however once we complete it we're gonna kill him <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah or we'll leave we'll abandon them here you know, Whatever, I mean, he's, yeah. he's like either way. And, you know, I, I, uh, uh, Elspeth, you know, <laughs> seems a little put out when he says, yeah, I'm going to leave your mercenaries here too. You know, doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is um, we are rolling out. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> one of the common complaints I've seen about this episode is that, you know, they're like, Thrawn didn't find Ezra for eight years, but Sabine found him in 15 minutes. Uh-huh. And, you know, I, I, that's a common complaint I've seen about this episode. And I very much got a different vibe off of this episode because um, I don't feel like Thrawn ever said, like, we've been searching for him and never found him. I no. feel like Thrawn couldn't give a shit. Well, yes. but I mean, even if <laughs> he did, he, he, Thrawn's not going to send out a guy. He's going to send out a squad. Yeah. And Ezra's going to be able to avoid a squad. You know, they don't have the the nuance and, you know, uh, sort of, of low key, you know, travel. Uh that is needed. And, you know, Sabine was able to, you know, locate him because she was traveling on her own. Well, you know, and, he, and Thrawn gave the impression. He, he said, we think he's dead. We don't even think he's yeah, alive, which makes exactly. it seem like he's not been maybe been, at the beginning, but he has not recently been vigorously pursuing Ezra right. because he's yeah. like, we'll give you our most latest intel. But really, he's probably dead. Yeah. What is the downfall of so many bad guys in the Star Wars universe? They become obsessed with a single right. person. That's not Thrawn. Yeah. Thrawn, Which if given the chance, will wipe him out. But he's not going to waste resources when he doesn't have more resources coming. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, well if that's Ezra's what... not going to come for him, he's like, okay, well, I don't care. He's probably dead anyway. You know, like that's the impression I got. Like, like Ezra never, uh, you know, came back and and uh, you know tried to take down Thrawn. They just kind of went their separate ways, and he just assumed he was dead. So who cares? And so that that was the vibe, very much the vibe I got from it. Yeah. Well, we, you know, Thrawn really underlines it by saying, you know, if we kill him, great. If not, we're leaving. You know, either yeah. way, he's he's out of our lives and not our problem anymore. And that's what I kind of love about Thrawn is that you know he the 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 plan to retake the galaxy is foremost in his mind you know and in order to do that they got to get there and you know they're not going to let you know the presence of ezra or ahsoka whom they've sent who they have determined is coming they're not going to let any of those guys you know uh mess with them right they're they're gonna go i had this i i have this suspicion we're gonna see them you know hyper you know jumping into hyperspace right as ahsoka is coming into orbit right uh yeah, that they're just going to be up and gone. Well, yeah. you know, one thing I I was curious about after the the two episodes ago was why is that ring so big when there's no ship between it? And then I'm like, oh, they're going to park that battle cruiser in the yeah. middle of that ring and fly yeah. the whole battle cruiser back. Well, and it wasn't until they you know jumped into the new galaxy that I realized that the ring went with them. I thought the ring was a gate pushing oh, them through. No, it's like uh, it's know, like the old rings Babylon they had. Five. You no, know, it's the ring like they used on the Jedi Starfighters, yeah. but on yeah. a huge scale. Yeah, yeah it was. Just, well, I had some of the same was, thoughts. Because I, the scale was so big, I was like, "Oh, it's just yeah. a, it's a jump gate, right?" Yeah, it's it's but, ridiculous how big it is. Yeah, but to yeah. get that stupid uh, or that that battle cruiser in there. Oh, go on, Wayne. I thought at first it was going to be a jump gate, but then I thought it's going to be you know something that is that. Uh, like we saw in the prequel movies, slapping around a ship. I never thought they were bringing back his the Star Destroyer. I thought it was going to be they're just going to go get him and he's going to come back. But no, it looks like they're going to slap that ring around it, bring back not just him, but he's coming back with all of his stormtroopers and resources yeah. gathered all, from the Night Mothers. What's all I, that in the basement? Yeah, right. The, in the catacombs. What <laughs> yeah. is it? Yeah. What is what, all that? And I suspect the night mothers are going to go with them. I, just the, his, the, the tone. I, I feel like they're not staying behind. Maybe that's his comic book collection. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. You know, Balin lots keeps, of long boxes. <laughs> Balin keeps talking about this power that's going to be found on this planet. What, right. what do you think he's looking for? I don't know. And is it what's in the basement? Yeah. I don't know what's in the box. Yeah. I well, we know. got two more episodes. I, I will say. I am after this episode, I am even more excited, not for the last two episodes of this show, even though I am, but for what this is building towards. Well, I look at how much conversation we had on this one episode today. I mean, uh, that's that's how jazzed we are. And we didn't even talk about my favorite scene of the damn episode, which wasn't the Thrawn scene. It was Sabine giving her like animal her mount like what for because it abandoned oh, God, her in that, the middle that, of that a fight. Was, that was a great <laughs> coward oh, i loved that and how it keep, keeps following her and eventually yeah. breaks through it's like that thing is adorable i want one <laughs> yeah well like, you know she shoes it away it runs away and they just have that empty screen for a while and then it uh-huh. comes back running yeah. after her right. uh i mean it's obviously most of the star wars series are fantastic ahsoka has also been fantastic yeah, and it, the promise of what it's building towards, which I know we've we talked about, 
you know, potentially building to some variation or story inspired by the Timothy Zahn uh, yep. Empire novels, I, I'm, I'm getting even more hyped for it. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, we won't hear shit about it for a little while because yeah. of, of writer strikes and actor strikes. Yeah. But hopefully that stuff's resolved soon so that we can get, you know, the announcement of what's actually coming after this. Well, hey, we want to know what you thought about this week's episode of Ahsoka. What's your favorite Star Wars film? Give us a shout at Star Wars at IOMGeek.com. And if we use your comment on an episode, you could win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. We especially want to hear from you if your favorite Star Wars movie is Solo, a Star Wars story. <laughs> uh, in addition to giving us a call, you can also hit us up on social media, IOM Geek on Facebook, Instagram, or X. What a deal. Well, I am super stoked about this this week's episode coming I'm up. Only bu- I'm, I'm bummed that it's only, you know, I, I could be wrong. They haven't announced otherwise. But, you know, we're going to get, instead of them releasing seven and eight at the same time, I feel like we're going to get seven this week and eight next week. I think that's probably. exactly what they're yeah. going to do. Yeah. I, I, I think you that. have unrealistic expectations. Well, now I'm getting impatient because <laughs> now I want to know what happens. So, <laughs> but episode seven this week. All right. Well, you go work on your fan fiction, Paul. All right, I'll do that. <laughs> My slash fiction, is that what you call it? What do you, what yeah. do you call it when it's sexy? Is that slash, slash. fiction? Okay. Slash fiction. Good grief. It's all, all right, guys. Uh, well, next week we'll have readings from Paul's slash oh, fiction no. of Ahsoka. Yeah. 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 Yes. Something to look forward to. <laughs> See you then. Bye, guys.